Like you would never read a blog post that's not edited. You'd never read a book that's not edited. Why would you listen to a podcast that's not edited? And if you're competing with listening to a podcast versus a Netflix series or someone that has actually taken the time to remove certain parts of the interview that lead nowhere Mm -hmm. and give a really curated experience to the listener, like who would you rather listen to? You are an amazing human being. You're a coach or expert who works hard to make a positive difference for your clients. I'm Joss Willard, and my mission is to help good coaches like you make great profits so you can live an amazing life helping the people you're meant to serve. This podcast is here to help with that. We'll be bringing you the information, resources, experts, and perspectives to allow your practice to make a difference, support the life you want, and reward you fairly and well for the impact that you bring. Welcome to Profit for Coaches. You know, you've heard me say in the past that serving your backside off to as many people as you can is the best way that you can build something worthwhile. And on today's episode of Profit for Coaches, we're talking with a guy who lives that philosophy, who believes that philosophy, who has exemplified that philosophy. And he's just a great guy. And I'm really excited to bring him to you. And I think you're going to learn a lot from our conversation. His name is Ronsley Voss. He is an entrepreneur. He's a speaker. He's an author and a podcaster. Ronsley helps entrepreneurs and changemakers use their voices for change, refine their arguments for scale, and grow their businesses for impact. Ronsley is the author of the book Amplify. He is a TED speaker. He is a creator of podcast brands for actors, athletes, entrepreneurs, politicians, and influencers all around the world. He's interviewed more than 1,400 people, and he's been listened to over 5 million times in 133 countries. Pay attention, buckle up, get out your notebooks, folks. This is a heck of an episode. Enjoy it. Real quick, our goal here at the podcast is for these episodes to provide techniques, tools, skills, strategies, and inspiration that can help any coaching practice be more profitable. But you want your practice to be more profitable. And while you can get all kinds of great things from this episode and any episode of Profit for Coaches, what will help you even more is advice, guidance, and action steps designed around your unique situation, your life, your practice, your goals, your challenges. How can we best help you with that? The quickest way to get you exactly what you need for your practice is for you to head over to ProfitForCoaches.com. When you're there, click on and grab your Profitable Practice Scorecard. It's absolutely free. It just takes a few minutes. Fill out the scorecard. It will let us know exactly where your practice is and where you want it to go and what you're dealing with. Once you've done that, you'll get a response that tells you exactly what you can do next. The action steps you can take to make your practice more profitable and get you where you want your practice to be as soon as possible. So head on over to ProfitForCoaches.com and grab your Profitable Practice Scorecard today. Ronsley Voss, amazing to have you on the show. Thanks for being here, man. Joss, thanks for having me. You are a specialist in podcasting, in particular in podcasting with a purpose and that purpose, one of them at least being business, right? So there are a ton of coaches out there right now that are being told, you got to get yourself a podcast. You got to have your your credibility builder. And I've, I've heard it both ways. You got to be a guest on everybody else's podcast because that's how you build your credibility and build your audience and and borrow their audience. And or you've got to run your own podcast because that's how you become an authority figure. What's what's the real answer? Both. If you go on a whole bunch of podcasts without having your own podcast, that's like you whistling at a car expecting it to stop. Uh, or you taking out a full page magazine ad, like it might be cool to show your friends, but it's not 
going to get you the the outcome of borrowing someone's audience because if someone's mm-hmm. listening to you on a podcast chances are that they are an audio consumer and want to consume in that format and they don't want to hear you your story on another podcast if that's your play so going on a whole bunch of podcasts without your own podcast is a waste of energy and a waste of time and um it's just this vanity thing to do so i am let me answer the first question about you know a podcast for coaches i think people are not understanding the reason for the podcast because everyone kind of thinks the podcast is a content tool or they think it's a marketing tool or they think it's a credibility tool is what you said but i think a podcast is a business development tool and if we are smart and think about who our audience is now uh, in your case you know coaches and who has your target market and no competitive overlap i mean they do different things to what you do they're not coaches but they do other things for coaches which might be web developers portrait photographers social media people mm. whatever right how can i co-create with these partners my podcast and if we just phrase it that way every conversation becomes a business development conversation mm-hmm. and you're growing the business with every conversation before it's even being published before it even becomes content before it even becomes a marketing or credibility tool so if we shift perspectives a little bit and kind of realize that wait a minute as business owners in general the one thing that we have to do and we can't outsource necessarily at least with the state you know before 10 people is business development and it's usually up to the founder to create the business development conversations and it's probably the one that we avoid the most so if you bake that into your content system then you're just you've just created yourself a very very powerful machine and i have been doing this for 10 years and more than 10 years i've helped thousands of businesses do this brands personalities uh, athletes actors politicians and i have never seen a podcast not work for a brand not once it's always done something if it's done and, and created in the right way right if if the thought has been put into the concept, the strategy, and the reps. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen it not work. Okay. I've seen a ton of podcasts not work. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, you said it's it's putting the putting the thought in. What's there to think about? What's to consider? Right. What what are the points that I need to be looking at? I think you've got in your book, you've got like seven points, but maybe I'm is that the right seven points? Yeah, I'm no, about? yeah, yeah. No, but but in general, if we just step back a bit, um, the best thing about a podcast is that it's easy to do. Yeah. The worst thing about a podcast is that it's easy to do. Yeah. So anyone that kind of thinks of creating a podcast, they only create a podcast that's an amalgamation of the podcast they listen to. That's it. It's quite simple. There is no uh, uniqueness in that because they don't, they're not, they're not professionals at making podcasts. It's simple. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's like the it's it's like uh, when I went surfing for the first time, I was like, why are we spending this time on the beach? Like, I, I don't understand why we're here when I paid for a three hour, you know, surfing lesson. I didn't I, I don't want the first hour and a half to be on the sand when the water is just there. Yeah. And then when I got into the water, I realized that I needed to spend more time on the land to figure out how to step onto this board. Because in my head, I thought surfing would be easy and I would just kind of ride the wave, right? And I think mm-hmm. podcasting is exactly like that. Uh, when you're starting a podcast, it's like telling everyone, I'm gonna go for surfing lessons and I'm gonna go, here's my surfboard, check it out, how cool it is. Everyone's like, yes, like, love, celebrate, all those kind of things happen on social media. And then you start doing it 
<laughs> and then because it's a dumbass idea, no one's listening to it. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you're like, oh, podcast doesn't work for my business. No, of course it doesn't work for my business because you've not put any thought into it. And it's like, you've just decided you're an artist and kind of decided to paint and goes, no one's buying my painting. Why would anyone buy your painting? This is your first, like you've just put, <laughs> you know, I, so that part is, it's not our fault. It's not our fault because social media just shows us highlight reels of people, mm -hmm. right? We just kind of think that someone just pops up and they, they started a podcast and it's like done, done amazingly well straight off the bat. And I just want to say that, that putting thought into how you're making your podcast is super important. Uh, and, and for a business owner coach who, who is your audience, as business owners, we know how to take a prospect and make them a client. Like we know when someone comes to us and says, hey, I want to work with you. You're like, yeah, of course. What do you do? We have all the questions to ask them to convert yeah. them from a prospect to a client. So when we make a podcast, we land up making for that audience because we don't even know what the audience before the prospect even looks like. What does a lead look like? What does a listener look like? What does someone who doesn't know you and just coming across you for the first time, what do they look like? And then you realize that your podcast is for the, not the no part, but for the like part. So the no like and trust in the right. marketing equation, the podcast is for the like factor and you create repurposing to the first, to get people, get people to know you. And then you take the people that are listening to the podcast and make them clients and you get them because the like part and the trust part, you then take the like people to the trust and then convert them. And then they are prospects. Then you can convert to them. And the biggest advantage of having a podcast is that you'll never have an icky sales conversation in your life because they have listened to your voice for way too long before they've even been on the sales call with you, if that's your method to convert. Yeah. So um, I'm just kind of laying some ideas here for your audience. So just tell me where you want me to go with all this. Well, you know what? Let's take it a step back. And I just got so excited about welcoming you to the show that I forgot to ask my usual first question, which is how did you get to be who you are today? Like, what's your, what's your story? Ooh, um, I just feel extremely lucky to have been living a life that is absolutely insane. I've lived probably six or seven lifetimes in, in the last 40 years. Um, I've had definitely different careers from mm -hmm. software engineer to financial advisor, chef, restauranter, now podcaster, um, author, speaker. Yep. I find it crazy that I have a, you know, a, a, a TED talk that just, I, I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't understand that I have a book. Uh, so I feel lucky um, to be blessed with something that um, just lets me do some cool shit. So my first business, I didn't actually think I was an entrepreneur growing up. Right. I, um, uh, you know, Indian heritage. So we have to do IT to figure out what we're going to do the rest <laughs> of our life. And IT first, I, then you can move IT or medical. Is that the? Yeah. yeah. Engineer, doctor is, is the thing. So it's computer science and engineering, which is great because I did that. And now the whole world's built on it. So I, I literally feel like Neo in the matrix because I understand <laughs> things that are like, you know, basics, which we learned in, in uh, at university. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, two master's degrees, worked for a company, like that's how I got to Calgary. Um, and uh, and then they paid for an MBA. So I think my second master's was a business administration degree, which got me into business, which made me see the whole world differently. Yep. And um, everyone tells you to monetize your passion. I, people told me to 
to, to start a restaurant. You know, that was my first business. Four years of doing that, locks were changed overnight. I had $478,000 of debt. And that's when the real entrepreneur journey began, yep. which was um, I started the, the I, I, got, I got a job, obviously. But then while that was happening, I, I started the Uber for chefing here in Brisbane, which was like people who needed food cooked for them in their homes would plug in from one end and people who uh, chefs who had spare time would plug in from one to the other end. And they would go into their homes once a week, cook their food, freezer, fridge, Google yep. Calendar based on their goals. So if they wanted more energy, more, you know, weight loss, what, whatever, it, it, depending on. So it was, um, that was the business. And to promote that, I started a podcast. Now, this was 10 years ago, more. And uh, the podcast was called Bond Appetit. Is mm -hmm. called, I mean, it's still, it, it, it's still, I haven't published since 2019, but it still gets thousands of listeners. And it was all around uniting people through food. Mm -hmm. That was the concept. Uh, it got a million listeners in four and a half months. Uh, it was on the banner section of iTunes, just sort of with Triple J and ABC Radio sort of like circling around. And all my friends were like, help me start a podcast. And I put out a post on Facebook saying, I'll take eight people, two one-on-one, six in a group. If you want to start a podcast for your business. Um, at the end of the week, I had 32 grand in the account, which went straight to paying off this debt. Yep. By the way, it, was, it didn't last there for long. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a good five minutes. It was a good like six and a half minutes. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was good while it lasted. But I did 29 of those batches nice. and paid paid my half a million dollars of debt in two years and one month. And, you know, the rest is history. Started the first podcasting conference in Australia. Started the agency. Um Signed the first deal with Amazon to upload to Audible in 2017. Did a TEDx talk, which got made a TED talk. Man, it's been a it's been a journey. It's been a ride. Nice. Mm -hmm. So so safe to say you you've learned a little bit about podcasting between then and now. Yeah, uh, it's been um, 1,500 interviews later. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Now that we know where you were and how you got to here, having helped hundreds or thousands of people, it sounds like make podcasts work for them. I hear, and, and maybe this isn't the right place to go, but but for a lot of folks, it's that decision of like, should I start one? Why should I start one? And if I do, what's the, like, what should the goal be? Right. And you, you've you already talked about it and it's, it's, it's the like part of no like, and trust. Um, it's not visibility. It's, it's, it's building that relationship, you know, in your ears, but is the goal then by doing that, is it building a huge listenership, you know, getting the followers, having the, you know, however many, you know, watching your download count, or is it yeah. about the guests? How do I know what to be focused on? If I'm a coach deciding I want to start I, the pod, starting a podcast is the right thing to do for my practice. Yeah. Uh, definitely focus on the audience because like I was saying earlier, you know, business owners know how to get clients, but don't know how to get community. Mm -hmm. And this is the way to get community. So don't focus on clients, focus on the community. So you're building this pool from your market of people that know, like, and trust you that is they're going to return over time. So that's the play the, in terms of the content. Mm -hmm. But the immediate play is I interview my target market partners. So who has my target market and no competitive overlap? I interview them. I finish the interview and I go, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. and, and, and actually before that, from the start, I'm saying to them, thank you. I thank you for co-creating this episode with me. So I'm bringing them onto the mission because I'm going, you and I have the same people and your people would love that we co-created this together. Right. And then 
I go on, how can I help you? They'll say something, which is usually always easy to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Introduce them to someone or something. Um, and then the next step is uh, they ask usually like 90% of the time, they'll be like, how can I help you? What can I do to help you? Yep. And, I, and I'm not really doing it to get them to ask me that. But I will say, if you find it useful, because I do something entirely different to what you do, your audience would love if I did a training about how to do a podcast right for their business. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's a no brainer. You'll do that for free. I, I'm like, yeah, like I would love to do that. So I have built into my whole system that it's not only like the one way to deliver yeah. uh, value. I'm finding value exchange constantly. Um, and that's the best part about a podcast is uh, the phone numbers in your phone, really, it's, it's actually about that, you know, the kind of people that I know now, and I find it crazy that, that, that I'm the podcast expert for VaynerMedia. Like when I go to New York, I work out of the Vayner offices. I find that insane. Like um, that's, that, and that's only because I started a podcast more yep. than a decade ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. When's the best time? I've started a coaching practice. At what stage of the business, like what level of maturity of the business is like day one, my first thing I should do is like, hey, I've, here's my shiny new coaching certificate that I got from XYZ program. Before I get a single client, I'm going to start a podcast. Or is it, you know what? I'm I'm at a good, comfortable income level. Maybe it's 100,000, 200,000, $500,000 a year. Now I should start a podcast. Like where in that space? And maybe, maybe that's not the matter. right doesn't matter no doesn't doesn't matter it, it can work in fact it'll be the best thing you do if you just get your coaching certificate and you start having these conversations because most coaches who just started out are not having these conversations so you're created a scenario where you're forced to have these conversations with your market the partners in your market and the people around you get to know that oh you're a coach that is doing this and don't lie to anyone like i'm not trying to like be absolutely truthful that you are a student of the game and you're learning to be a better coach or however you want to phrase that so uh when you sort of put that intention out all the people you're interviewing are going well this is the coach so if any anyone wants you know, once a referral, it's usually comes back to you because of, you know, the way you're doing that. So uh, at the start, 100%, um, if you're hustling and you do not know who your clients are yet, that's when I feel like going for a shiny object is not the answer. Right. Right. Really, you got to know who your clients are. Not, nothing works if you don't know who your audience is, right? Nothing works if you don't know why you are the person to deliver to this audience. Mm -hmm. And those are the two, at least the two basic elements of any business. So if you're not there, then, um, then it's a hard to start a podcast or do anything because you don't know who the audience is, you don't know what you're after. So you're just kind of creating something for the sake of creating. And then it's like, oh, this didn't work for me. Of course it didn't work because no one had any idea of what you wanted to do. Right. And there was no focus. So it has to be um, in, a, in, a, in a way that um, is intentional and uh, is, is for a particular type of person or an audience or a niche. Gotcha. So you need to know who, who you're talking to how you help them, why they would bother to listen. I, you have an offer of some kind. Because I mean, even if you're not making an offer in a business sense, you're making an offer of, hey, trade me your time and your attention to listen to my podcast and I will give you some sort of value, yeah. right? 
Of course, like I think that's the thing that many business owners don't get is like they feel, well, this person's not paying me, so I don't, you know, have to, but it's very different. You're creating a radio show. Like think of anything you consume. Like you would never read a blog post that's not edited. You'd never read a book that's not edited. Why would you listen to a podcast that's not edited? And if you're competing with listening to a podcast versus a Netflix series or someone that has actually taken the time to remove certain parts of the interview that lead nowhere mm-hmm. and give a really curated experience to the listener like who would you rather listen to and just layer the elements of voice parents sing to their kids even before they are born yeah. because of the trust that voice builds in we've been telling stories and passing down these history through generations through storytelling and voice and it's not comparable to a Facebook reel or a face, <laughs> Facebook ad click or, or a, a, you know, it does, it's not comparable to anything. And because audio is the only form of content that you can consume while you're doing other things. Yep. So if someone's plugging you into their years while they're gardening or going for a run or going for a walk or, you know, in, in the bus or w- whatever the scenario is, you have to realize that it's an audience and they're tuning in for a reason. And if you want to create, that's what you want to create. And if you don't want to create that and you just want the clients, then, then, and that's your thinking, that's when a podcast would probably not work. So it's not necessarily at what stage you're at. It does depend on whether you want to create a community and actually impact the community that you say you want to impact because mm-hmm. business owners have these really great mission statements that they don't follow through on um, <laughs> at all. And they just think it's a really cool idea to have and say and use and put in a brochure, but don't yeah. follow through on it. But if you really care about your audience, uh, then you build a community around it. And from that community, you should be okay with people not buying your stuff. Like if you can help someone without them spending a single cent, Absolutely. wouldn't you want to help them? Absolutely. Like why not? Yeah. So. That's the theory around using a podcast and, and being of, of use, I suppose, to the, to the audience. So a couple of questions. Let's ask this one. If I'm a coach and, you know, like I said, most, most of the folks that, that are listening that are, you know, in my audience, they're wanting to build that to that certain level of a coaching practice. They're not interested in building a huge team necessarily. They don't, they're not trying to get to, you know, eight, nine, $10 million a year where they're just sitting at the big desk, right? They, they want to actively be doing a lot of the coaching and interacting themselves. How much of the podcast work, editing, et cetera, all the different parts, how much of that should they be doing versus, well, I guess I, there's no extra question to that. It's just how much of it should they be doing versus what should they not be doing? Well, again, it depends on what you can trade, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes people just trade the time for money part and think that, okay, well, I'm going to save an hour if I pay X amount of dollars, but that's not really it. You're saving the fact that you don't have to do it, that the burden is not on you to complete. It's not on your to-do list. It's not something that's on your mind, which is probably the biggest advantage of paying someone to do it. Uh, It's not necessarily the time that you're saving. It is like the workspace in your brain and the energy that you're saving. Um, So if, if you are at 100K a year, if that's where you're at and you're trying to go to the next step, I would say spending between $100 and $200 a week on your podcast and having these business development conversations will return not only on investment, it'll return on investment for sure, but it'll return on investment, it'll return on time, it'll return on scalability, it'll return on your reps, you'll have a bank 
in like a year's time, you'll not only have 52 people that you've conversed with, but you'll have a bank of content that you'll, you'll not even know what to do with it. You could write a book. And by the way, my book has gotten me into some crazy places. Being yeah. an author and a podcaster is absolutely like this credibility stack. Um, my podcast gets me into events to interview people. My book gets me into meetings that no other place gets me into. So when I'm thinking of a coach that's in that space where they've got their clients, they know what they do well, they're now looking for that next level, that level is usually added with credibility and partners. So if that's where you're at, the quickest way to do that is of spending money on ads or any other form of incoming traffic flow is building your own brand and your own thought leadership. And instead of you kind of going out and saying, hey, I'm the expert and putting the pressure on yourself to produce smart things to say, you just go in saying, I'm a student of this game and I'm interviewing all these experts and you're just asking the questions. So that way you never run, off, run out of things to, to talk about. Yeah, cool. So that actually leads into at least a strong implied answer to my other question, which is what's what's the blend of, or is there a blend on the scale of solo episodes, interview episodes? Is there a good mix? I'm of the opinion that interview style shows are the way to do it. If you okay. want to do anything solo, then use your interview to kind of have a solo part that you have. What I mean by that is, say, for example, we've just had this conversation and you want to create a solo episode. You would say, hey, I, I just interviewed Ronsley about podcasting. And this is if you're a coach, here's my thoughts on how you can implement it for your business. This is what I learned. And it could be like a five minute amazing clip. And you just have all these like you have a playlist of, all, you know, these really cool takeaways that you can create. And rather than, you know, deciding yourself what to write, which you can totally do, like the main advantage of the podcast is the access to people. Mm -hmm. So if you, for example, say, hey, I, hey, website person, I know you've done website for the last 20 years. I want you to send an email to your database. They'll be like, who, what? Why? Yeah. Who are you? As opposed to, you know, I know um, you do websites for the last 20 years for business owners. And like one of the things that they struggle with is how to even think about the website in the best way. Would you mind coming on my show and let me ask you these questions with all your experience? They'd be like, yeah, of course. And yep. then saying to them, like building the relationships through the conversation and then saying to them, hey, um, how about... Um, you know, all, all the people that have these websites, the biggest struggle is how to grow their business. And they think the website is not working for them. How about you in your website part, you kind of add a half an hour of a business coach time in your package. I just made that up right now on the spot as a scenario. Like if you partner with a website developer that with every website, they give you free business coaching. Like That's a no brainer. And yep. if all all you do is find website developers across the planet and interview them. And your play is that can you like, that's a business in itself right now, yep. isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is okay if you say no, although he'll be, he'll feel embarrassed. Um, do you know who Toby Goodman is? No. Okay. That's totally fine. Toby is, is a guy that I know and love and have known, known for years. He's out of the UK. He co-owner of a, a podcast production company and he wrote a book called Narrow Podcasting. Toby has this concept of you don't need to have a huge audience. You don't need to have 
a huge listenership, but it's about what you're talking about. Those conversations with that person that can be a potential strategic partner, that person that can be um, a potential referral source. And he got started similarly to your story with the chef and the and the families thing, in that they were a party band, like they were weddings, things like that. And he started a podcast interviewing event planners. And it was, hey, come on, uh, would you like to come on our our show that's specifically about event planners? Absolutely, wedding planners, event planners, absolutely. And then it was, you know, tell us what's the biggest pain in the butt for you when the band shows up, right? Like just talking about the pain on the podcast. And um, that led to a ton of business, right? That led to them flying all over the world to do gigs like in Dubai and other places. They were a a local band in a small town in the UK, right? Now, they were all guys that had history, like Toby's played for Bee Gees, Spice Girl, like all that kind of stuff as a drummer. But it is that concept, I think, of intentional conversations to build that relationship and go, hey, how can we support each other? I think it's... um about that community aspect that I spoke about earlier. It's like, Mm -hmm. how can you be of value and how can you create in a way that delivers value without someone someone having to buy from you? We're not bringing people onto the show to sell them something necessarily. No, and and that's the the reason for like, the reason for being clear on, on, on that is, I think people take the whole idea of interviewing their clients and take it too far and then make it a sales pitch rather than actually kind of developing a relationship and focusing on the content as a result of you having a conversation with a potential client. So rather than you focus, and that's the mistake I think most anyone would make if they went down the path of like, oh, I'm a business owner, I'm gonna create a podcast where I interview my clients, is like making it a sales conversation mm-hmm. rather than make making it a, a I just want to get to know this person. I, I I want to be a journalist in this position. It just happens to be the person that might buy from me, but let me be a journalist in this situation and get a story or get a uh, get an engaging conversation that my audience and my community would benefit from. When you're talking about having the conversation and being the journalist and being interested in asking the questions of the person across from you, what's the thing you, Ronsley, as a human, are most interested in in those types of conversations? Like, what are you trying to get at? I'm trying to understand the person. I'm trying to develop a relationship with the person. I'm trying to find commonalities uh, with the person. And I'm, I always have a, a notepad and my whole desk is a, is, a, is a brown piece of paper right now, which gets renewed every week. But... <laughs> I just keep taking notes just so that I don't try to not interrupt the person (laughs) and um, also don't lose my train of thought because I am looking for an emotion behind a certain sentence. So when they're saying something about why they're doing what they're doing and they say, I grew up singing and I I could hear a, a gulp that tells me that they've thought of a memory. But this is after doing a whole bunch of interviews, right? This is not necessarily something I was born with or had it when I first started interviewing. I, I just think it came over time. And I genuinely feel with every episode that I was always a bad listener, but I just feel like I'm getting better at listening, but I still have so much more to go because, you know, I can listen better. And I think that is probably what I look for in myself is I'm in an interview, I'm just going to listen how can I listen better? Cool. I'm just remembering, actually, it was on a, I was guesting on a podcast just the other day and it was about that. 
Actually, it wasn't just the other day. It just went live there. It was actually with Toby about, I joined the army to get out of Alaskan winters. I literally joined the army because I didn't want to spend another winter in Alaska, was trained how to jump out of airplanes and blow up tanks. And I messed up my knees, <laughs> messed up my knees and got assigned as a chaplain's assistant temporarily. It was just supposed to be for a few weeks until the new guy showed up. And everybody thought that that just meant I'd be driving the chaplain around and, and you know, filing paperwork. But no, actually turns out that it's a counseling position and you do a whole lot of dealing with people who are going through different situations. And I learned real quick that the only thing I had to offer was asking questions and listening because I, I didn't have the background to to help them through things like, you know, I'm thousands of miles away from my family and my daughter's going through her sweet, I'm missing my daughter's sweet 16th birthday, you know, or I'm convinced that my, my wife is cheating on me while I'm away. Like all those different things, or I'm feeling suicidal. Like I had no tools for that. I had to learn really fast how to be a good listener. And it's interesting. You said that's not a skill you had to start with. It's a, a skill you had to build, which brings me to a, a, a thing that I always wonder the book and the theory of mindset by Carol Dweck right? Where she talks about right growth mindset and fixed mindset. That idea that pretty much anybody can build a skill set at pretty much anything. They may or may not be the best at it, but you can always learn how that interacts with the idea that you have certain strengths already. And so you should double down on those strengths and you know farm out whatever it is that you're weak at. How do you put those two together? Where do you fit on that scale? Or Yeah. Great question. Because there are different layers for that. Mm -hmm. I love learning new things. Like I said, seven careers and too many degrees. But not only that, I play competitive table tennis and badminton and I rock climb in like four continents. And what I'm, I'm saying all this is because I, I've had to learn all these skills from scratch. I was not born knowing any of this stuff, right? So it's, um, I love learning new skills, but how I double down on things is I plan ahead. So I, my year is planned in terms of what months and weeks I'm taking off. Mm -hmm. So I know how, what my rhythm is. Um, I have certain, um, there's a certain campaign and how the year runs, uh, the certain obviously weeks that I take off, certain weeks that I'm everywhere, the certain weeks that I'm uh, training, the certain weeks that I'm developing courses or content for my clients. Mm -hmm. So that is all planned out before, you know, I, I'm not having to negotiate that every day I wake up. Right. And then once the months and weeks are planned, each week is planned and each day is planned. Like every morning I have a certain way of doing things, certain things that happen, certain like uh, things get checked off. And my meetings are only on certain days when I'm in different mode. So right now, because we have We Are Podcast coming up um, in, 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 a, in a few weeks, in a couple of months, I am actually working double time. So this is these three months are my double time sort of working hours. Gotcha. Um, and I love doing it because that brings me back to my startup days where no one could outwork me. And I, but now I only do that for three months of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So absolutely. I'm just learning myself and learning what I like and learning what I want to double down on. And for me, what I double down on all the time is reps. What are my reps? How can I double down on my reps and focus on my reps so that I know these reps when done enough mm -hmm. will return over time? Okay. So that leads me to two other questions. Number one, are you a Steve Jobs kind of guy? Like same food, same clothes every day. So I don't have to make any extra decisions or. No, okay. I, I love cooking. So I, Fair enough. and my speciality is I will cook whatever you have. I don't need special ingredients, whatever you have in the house, in the fridge, in your freezer, I will use that and I will cook something from that. So 
I, I don't know. I'm not Steve Jobs. I think I'm just Ronsley and extremely weird and different. <laughs> You're unique, just like everybody. The other question then is when you talk about doubling down on your reps, knowing you're going to do those reps over and over again, there's the concept of, you know, practice makes perfect, but actually perfect practice makes perfect or better practice. Make. Like if you're, if you're consistently doing the reps the wrong way, you're building right. in a muscle memory that isn't, isn't as effective or efficient. How do you make sure that the reps that you're doing are the right ones? Well, I think people get caught up on that. And I think people get caught up on the fact that they're doing the wrong reps because they are in a privileged position of sitting on a couch to decide whether they are making the right reps or not okay. and i think that just making the rep is better than not making the rep at all making a bad rep is better than not making a rep at all making a bad rep and learning from that bad rep so probably to answer your question is that whatever you're doing have some self-examination in that like make sure that you are intuitively using your um, skills of intuition and gut and all those kind of stuff to kind of decide on how to approach the next rep because that's the only thing you have, right? You can learn from the rep, uh, but if you're just doing the rep without learning from the rep and doing it because someone has told you to do it, that's probably where you know people will fail the most. So if you can learn from your reps, which you should in general, then you can correct them. And then you become proficient enough to help other people that are learning during those reps because our greatest gift lies next to our deepest wounds. Yep. It's not my quote. It's a quote by a gentleman called Philip McKernan, who's a friend of mine. So I want to give him credit, Ooh. but it is totally true. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been fun. Like I, I would love to keep talking to you for like hours and hours and hours, but um, you have a life <laughs> and things that you need to do. My typical last question or the way that I wind things up is what are you excited about right now? What's going on in your world that you're stoked about? We Are Podcast is a conference I started in 2015. Uh, the first podcasting conference in Australia. I had to explain to people what a podcast was back then. <laughs> Things are very different now. Yeah, uh, This will be our ninth iteration uh, on the 10th, 9th, 10th and 11th of of November. And I'm excited, man. It's, um, it's scary. It's one of the scariest things I do every year, but it's also exciting once it, once it's done. And my wife has this great quote, which is like, let's take all your fear and put it in this box and we'll talk about it after we, our podcast is done. So yeah, that's what's exciting right now. Cool. Who's it for? Podcasters in Australia, people interested in podcasting? Funny enough, we get a lot of people from everywhere, from the yeah. States, from Canada, from Europe, uh, Asia, New Zealand, Australia. So it is specifically for business owner podcasters. Okay. So if you are a podcaster and you want more listeners, more revenue, more credibility, uh, we are podcasters for you. Or if you're a business owner who is like, I'm just on the cusp of starting a podcast, I need all the help I can get, then we are podcasters for you because not only you get the connections, but you'll get also a whole bunch of things that you learn that you don't have to like make mistakes on yeah. um, as a new podcaster. So that's who the audience is. Okay. That's cool. Is it sold out or can people still get tickets? How do people attend? Yeah. We are podcast.com slash events or we are podcast.com. It will take you there. Um, yeah, go check it out. There's, there's a, so I think there's a hundred tickets left or hundred and something tickets left. We've got 50 some days left. <laughs> so well, that's um, now by the time this goes live, yeah. you'll have like two weeks. Yeah. Cool. Is it, is it all live again now that, that COVID and everything is over? Everything's live. There's no broadcasting. Yeah. Okay. No, in person. Yeah. In person. Yeah. Yep. So get your tickets to Australia folks. Book them now. Yeah. Yeah. We've had the who's who of podcasting speaker we are podcasts from john lee dumas hal elrod melissa ambrosini like jj virgin we've had some pretty pretty cool people pat flynn 
Jordan Harbinger has been here four times. Um, yeah. So Ron, Ronsley Voss, he's, he's spoken. Oh yeah. Yeah. Too. I, I, I just, I just like to stand in the background and know that I brought all these people together. <laughs> you're kind of a big deal, dude. You're not, you're not just, um, <laughs> you're not just some guy who's, who's putting a podcast together, right? Who's coming this year? Who's the keynote? Who's the big wheel this year? Other than you. We've got uh, the CEO of flight center who has built flight center from a double decker bus to a six seventeen point six billion dollar a year company in every country around the world, really. Yeah. So, and he's been a friend for a while. Again, because of my podcast, we've got Omar Zenom, who's got the hundred dollar MBA. They've got like over two hundred million listeners. We've got Nicole Baldinu. We've got a, quite a like a nice lineup of people. But the focus is not about the people as much as it's about the content that they're delivering is really mm -hmm. around the idea of growing your business using a podcast. And they're all amazing human beings, that's a given, but their expertise and their way they break down the content is really what the highlight is. Awesome. That sounds like fun. I wish I'd known about it sooner. I'll have next to book my I'll... ticket for next year. <laughs> Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah. yeah. I'm, Are you going to do a North American version just to give yourself even more of a headache so you can have one on each continent just to chest out all year long? Well, a lot of my friends are in the North, uh, North American yeah. part and like a lot of my very connected people are in the North American part and they keep asking me whether I would do uh, a North American version and I'm scared shitless to do an Australian version. So I don't know, maybe <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe once you get a couple of these under your belt like 10 or 20 more you'll you'll think about north america you'll be comfortable enough to think about north america well this is our ninth one so done done a few um yeah so we'll see well awesome man thanks for doing this this has been a real blast and a privilege for me to have you on the show no thank you thank you for having me i appreciate doing it on a friday after massage is not the best time to do this <laughs> yeah that's it for this episode of Profit for Coaches. I've been your host, Joss Withard. To make sure you never miss a new episode, go to ProfitforCoaches.com to subscribe now. You'll also find all the show notes, resources, guides, links, freebies, and other goodies that we mentioned on the show. Plus, we've got some special bonuses there just for our subscribers. So to make sure you profit fully from this and each new episode of Profit for Coaches, go to ProfitforCoaches.com now.